Get in on the action and make your bet with Sports Interaction. Summer is heating up with baseball. Can the Jays make a run at the division? Oh, <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> uh, hey, but you can bet before the game, whichever way you think, live and in play uh, in all your favorite teams and hot dog contests. Woo! Woo! Sportsinteraction.com slash STPN or download the app to get started. It's 19 plus. And what do you have to do, Steve? Please play responsibly. Welcome to Young the Apex, everyone. I'm Tim Haraney. Please head on over to Spotify. Give us a five-star rating and a follow. Same goes with Apple Podcasts as well. Rate reviews. It really helps us grow the show. You can also watch us on YouTube as well. You can follow me on social media at Tim Haraney. Joining me today to talk about F1 returning from summer break is uh, Jesse Blake. What's going on, man? It's back. There's actual <laughs> race this weekend. It's it's amazing. Um, it's a long break. You know, every summer you're like, oh, it's nice that we get a little break. And then you get into it and you're like, this is so long. Like, I want to race again. So yeah. it's fun. <laughs> Uh, how was your summer break? Cause are you, you got back from vacation not too long ago? Yeah. Yeah. So we work on uh, the sports calendar schedule. So this is the time we get to take time off. I was in the Bahamas for a little bit. It was fun. Nice. Um, but yeah, now it's time to get back to work. You know, it's the fall school's coming back. The fall's hitting, uh, and all the sports are coming back. So we're getting back to the swing of things. So I'm excited to be back. Sick. Thanks very much for doing this, man. Really appreciate it. So Dutch Grand Prix happening uh, this weekend, let's start with some breaking news as Nico Hulkenberg and Kevin Magnussen are back at Haas for the uh, 2024 uh, championship. So Gunther Steiner looking to stick with two experienced drivers for the team. Both of them have a combined 346 career F1 starts. So I think that's a lot of experience. Uh, I think Jesse Steiner feels that, you know, they have a, a very strong driver pairing. And I think for him, he didn't see any reason to change it for next year, but I am actually quite surprised that Kevin Magnuson will be back. Okay. I thought, I thought it was the right move for Haas because when you're a team at the back of the grid, you want some consistency. Like that's how you're going to move forward and, and compete with the big guys is if you have some other advantage and that their advantage can be like, Hey, we know what we got here and let's work around this. Let's do a long build with our drivers. Let's keep it going, keep the same team, and let's just build around that. And I think for Haas, like that's the mentality they have to have. It's got to be a slow progression here. And if they see that these two individuals are the ones they want to build around, like I'm 100% supporting that. And Gunther Steiner's, he, he's, if he didn't like something, he would say it. You know, like <laughs> there's no yeah. doubt that we would hear about it if he it wasn't a fan of either of these, either of these drivers. So, I trust in his uh, mentality going into this. I think like for when I take a look at it, you know, Magnuson, obviously the longest serving Haas F1 driver now with this extension. So next year will be his seventh season with the team. But it, I mean, it, he has had a, a difficult first half to the start of this season. Um, I do agree with you about having consistency with your driver lineup. And I think you're right when you, when you do say that, especially for a team like like Haas, like they need a strong driver pairing to get the most out of this car, and they need those drivers who have the most experience. Obviously, Magnussen and Hulkenberg do fit that bill, but I was just thinking from the standpoint that you know Magnussen, so he was coming off a multi-year deal, so that was done at the end of this season, while Hulkenberg. He still had an option on his contract for 2024. So I I think, you know, this could be a one-year deal for both drivers, but 
I was in in the camp that I didn't think that we would see Kevin Magnuson back simply because of how long it took them to get the deal done. Hmm. And second of all, just because of the based on the results, it has been a bit of a struggle for him this season. Not saying that Kevin Magnuson is a bad driver. I think he's a great driver. I just think that, you know, there's a quite a bit of turnover in F1 lately. And I was just uh, getting that feeling. But the first half of the season, the team's qualifying pace is pretty good. It's pretty strong. In some races, I mean, Hulkenberg in particular. Um, but then during the races, tire degradation has really, really hurt this team. They do have some upgrades coming for this weekend. But, uh, I mean, Jesse, do you, I mean, when we take a look at that Haas, it still kind of looks like, you know, that old Ferrari, you know, like it, it still resembles that. Yeah, yeah, they they can't they don't have a race pace, you know. That's the thing, and I wonder if they blame a lot of the the situation, like where the drivers are in the driver's standing, on the car, and they don't blame Magnussen at all because he finished uh, twice in the points early on, both times in tenth, and it was a good little start in the first four races ish, and then after that, it kind of tailed off and can't really finish ahead of seventeenth, you know. But I I feel like Haas looks at it and they say we don't have the car to compete. How much can we blame the drivers for this? Yeah, that's that's a good point that you make because there was a lot of that in the the statement that I had gotten <laughs> today or the early this morning. So yeah, I, I see what you're saying with that one. But yeah. um, I mean, good for both drivers. Uh, I like both of them. I think they're both super talented and they do deserve a seat in Formula One for sure. Um, other seats that aren't confirmed just yet for next season. So we have Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton deal. Jesse's still not done. Um, Alpha Tauri, both seats available in Yuki Sonoda and Daniel Ricardo's seats. And then Alpha Romeo, Bottas, well, he's safe until the end of 2024, while Joe, um, is, he's still up in the air. Now, there is interest if Teo Porcher, you know, does well with that F2 title. He could be in line for that seat too, but Thursday, Joe did say that, uh, he's in a quote, comfortable place. So, I mean, that's, that's good. I think, I think for for Joe Guan Yu, he should be back at Alfa Romeo. I think he's done an awesome job there. Really do. Yeah, he's really coming to his own as a driver this year. Like he's, yeah. he's been excellent. But you mentioned Lewis, and that's that's one of the. I guess because he's so big, it takes a long time to work out those contracts. You know, he's he's going to sign yeah. uh, something massive, and it's going to be uh, one of the biggest of his career because of just where the position he is. I don't know if he's angling for it to be his last F1 deal. You know, maybe sign something that's extra long, like five years, and then he's thinking about retirement after that. I've, I just assume there's a lot of intricacies with Lewis Hamilton that goes into working out a contract with him. But it is curious that we're still at this point in late August going into September. He still doesn't have a deal. Yeah, no, it's a good point that you make. I think when we look at, you know, these high profile athletes and, you know, Jesse, from all the work that you do and all the contracts that, you know, you've seen athletes sign when you get to that level of the you know the hamiltons the brady's mm-hmm. you know whatever floyd mayweather like when you get up into that number lebron james like you're you're looking at a contract that probably takes a long time to sort out because of probably i would assume more of the off-track commitment stuff rather yeah. than the on-track or at-track stuff yeah we're talking about one of the top 10 most famous athletes on planet earth just like period yeah. 
you know, the the amount of lawyers that have to look at this, the amount of people on his staff and his team that go through this and comb over every fine detail. It, it makes sense that it's going to take a while. And I believe he's going to be back at Mercedes till he can finally kind of compete for another championship, I think. And then he'll probably sell off to the sunset if he can get the, the next one. You know, I think that's a perfect ending for Lewis. But yeah, it's, it's going to take a little bit and it hopefully gets done before we get to like the actual end of the season. Why, like, it's like, why would you want to go anywhere else? Yeah. Right. Like, if you're Lewis Hamilton, why would you want to leave Mercedes? Like, there's no way you're leaving this team that has helped you get to so many championships. You have to feel confident in the staff that you're, you're working with. You've been working with a lot of that staff for so many years. And for drivers, if you pick up and you just move to another team, it actually takes a while for you to kind of get integrated with the team and what they do in their processes. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, and then there was that stuff with Ferrari that came out, you know, a few months ago where it's like, hey, you know, like the the article that came out from, um, oh, gosh, I can't remember the news outlet, but they had mentioned that he was he was looking at signing a longer term deal with with Ferrari. And it just was like, no, come on. Like, he's not mm-hmm. leaving Mercedes. Yeah. Like, why would he want to leave Mercedes? That yeah, you, you just look at it and you say, where is he going to go? You know, there, there's one place and there's just going to take a while to figure it out with that one place because there's no place other on the grid that Lewis Hamilton can, can drive. You know, he's not going to pair up with Max. He's not going to go with Ferrari. And that's kind of the only two options. Oh, yeah. hundred um, percent. The other seats available that forgot to mention was uh, Logan Sargent. Um, that still hasn't been confirmed down at uh, at Williams. Uh, we can get into that more later. But yeah, that would be the other one. And then moving on from there, Carlos Sainz has actually come up in contract extension talks with Ferrari. Uh, so for Sainz, his contract isn't up until uh, the end of 2024. Vasseur wants to get that deal done uh, by the end of this season where Sainz wants it done soon as well. I think for Carlos, like, he wants it. He wants something longer term. And I think for him, stability is really important. I think he's done like quite a few one-year deals in his time in F1, especially with Red Bull and Renault. And so I can only, I can only say that, you know, as a former driver, having the knowledge that you're safe at a team for at least a few more years, that does for some help the performance. Mm-hmm. Is is Ferrari happy with both drivers? Because it feels like it's been uh, they've had a shaky relationship with the the management. Both drivers, you know, we 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 hear enough of it on the team radio during the race, and we see all the rumors and how contentious last year was with all the troubles. And some of that was driver error, and some of that was team error. And I just wonder if you have any insight on are they happy with both drivers, and they want to keep going forward with them. It seems that way. I think for for Vasseur, it's kind of trying to find um, how they're going to build a team, you know, around their star asset in Charles Leclerc. You know, how are they how are they going to do that? I don't necessarily think that Carlos Sainz would be happy with being just a, a number two driver on a, on a team, even though we've seen in the past just how. You know, it's what we're seeing at at Red Bull, right? Like with Max Verstappen, where you need that one key area of focus, and then you have a a solid number two 
who's going to fill in and defend and be there for the number one driver when need be. I, I don't know if Carlos Sainz is that driver. I mean, if we look at the start of this season, like Sainz was pretty strong. I would say he's stronger than Leclerc. Um, but in the past, I would say since Canada, you know, Leclerc has been the better driver. And so there's a lot of inconsistency there. And I think if you're, if you, if you, if you wanted this guy to be your number one driver, doesn't he have to be consistent, like straight out of the, straight out of the gates, right? Like right. you, I don't think you can have these up and down scenarios, even though like yeah. Leclerc is an incredible qualifier, but like the race pace, I think is still a little bit in question, but, uh, Tough for Ferrari, right? Like, yeah, no, it's rebuilding it's on the tough. inside. Like, I don't know, because that's the way you build a modern Formula One team is you have the star driver and you cater to him. The the car a little is, is tilted a little bit more to him and he gets all the bigger press uh, junkets and all that kind of stuff. And then you have your secondary driver who's kind of he's always going to be there competing, but he kind of knows who who's first and he's always trying to take that spot. And it, I don't I don't know if Ferrari believes fully that Charles Leclerc is is that driver and i'm just interested to see if they go yeah. down that path you know and they actually commit to it and say hey he's our number one here's our max he's our lewis you know and this is the route we're going yeah i mean Vessor has mentioned it earlier this year but it's like still kind of haven't really sort of seen it and mm-hmm. haven't really seen like leclerc i guess with what they have take could take advantage for him to take advantage of what they have at this moment I mean, Leclerc's contract is also up at the end of 2024. Uh, during the summer break, there were some rumors that he had signed an extension with Ferrari. But on Thursday, Leclerc shot those rumors down, saying there was no new deal and they had no discussions over the summer break. Uh, however, I, I think for I think for Leclerc, it's important for him to get locked in at at this team. And if Frederick Vasseur is going to make Leclerc the focal point of this team, I think for him, he has to be pretty transparent with that. I don't think he can go into a deal with either driver and say, you're number one, you're number two. Hmm. I don't think like that works for, for either one. And I wonder if that destabilizes the team internally. And then when we look at that team a little bit more closely. I mean, all of the other restructuring they are doing internally, like I think this is all just, it just wouldn't work. I think for Vasur, he's going to have to find a way of being pretty transparent with what he wants. Yeah. Um, or no, else it's just not going to work. See a situation where we're sitting here next season and Vasur made the pick and he says, Leclerc is our guy and he, internally, maybe not publicly. And where we start to see these rumors of signs going somewhere else, you know, on one of these other seats on the grid. Leclerc uh, did run 21 kilometers uh, <laughs> during the summer break. Said he had never done that before, and he did all this on his TikTok, so I took a look at it. Uh, Jesse, have you ever run 21 kilometers? Like, consecutively? Yeah. <laughs> or in total? <laughs> <laughs> one straight I, shot. <laughs> one straight shot, no. I think the most I've ever run is, like, uh 15k because i was trying i did a 10k like a couple years ago and you always want i wouldn't go past you know 10 so i knew i could run 10 so i tried to do 15 once and yeah so i i think that's it but never 21 i'm not a marathon person you're a runner though 
Yeah, yeah, man, I was disappointed in bro. Like, Jesus, <laughs> what are you doing, man? Like, I was running like 24, 25K like per week for uh, for part of my training when I was racing. Now uh-huh. I do average about 30K for the week of running. Yeah. And it's like, what the hell are you doing, man? Like, you're just being, <laughs> this is supposed to be your jam here. You need to be. No, I'm, I'm sure he's getting his fitness in, in in other ways. I mean, like strength training obviously is important, but riding the bike yeah. and there's other forms that he can do. Um, but yeah, no, this no, is, I, I this watched, is I watched it over you. on his TikTok. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this is easy, you know. I watched it over on his Yeah. <laughs> I was watching his TikTok and he's like, yeah, this is the first time I've ever run. And I think at the start of it, he said like 23 kilometers. And I'm like, bro, come on. <laughs> like, you, this can't be your first time, right? Anyways. No, it, that's, um, that's shocking for a professional athlete, especially one who, you know, Formula <laughs> One car, it takes a lot of endurance to do that. You think that there's does. a lot of running involved. And I yes. guess it, it, now is his time to get into running. No. <laughs> It, it's i think it's like it's different for every i shouldn't beat him up too much it's different for every driver i mean you look at volteri bottas that guy doesn't run like he cycles everywhere he's doing cycling competitions all over the world i mean yeah. hell the guy beat up alistair brownlee at a at a cycling event in scotland a few months mm-hmm. ago and alistair brownlee's like a two-time you know olympic gold medalist i believe in uh, triathlon so it's you know, these guys get their fitness in other ways but yeah i just right. was like Kind of like, wait a second, you've never done 23K straight before? I was like, kind of questioning that. <laughs> Even Anyways, for fun, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so moving on to the uh, Drivers Championship. I mean, Max Verstappen obviously has this thing wrapped up. and We can chat about that uh, in a little bit later. But I want to talk about second in the Drivers Championship. Because currently, Sergio Perez occupies that second place um, with 189 points. So third is Fernando Alonso with uh, 149 and then you've got Lewis Hamilton right behind in with 148 points. And then in fifth is Leclerc, and he's a ways back. He's about 99 points. Um, I am interested to see what happens with second in the Drivers' Championship simply because of what could happen with Sergio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lewis saying today that, you know, the focus for him is trying to hunt down second in the championship, who is Sergio Perez. So, Jesse. Yes. Do you think that Sergio Perez will lose second place in the drivers championship? I I'm gonna say he won't finish second. It was it's five consecutive races that he had that stretch where he couldn't get into Q3. Yeah. Sergio, he's been shaky, and and I, I know his confidence has turned around lately. You know, the second face uh second place finish in, in Belgium, you know, uh before the summer break. That's that's great and all that, but I don't know if we're going to see the consistency that Red Bull wants out of Sergio Perez this year. You know, I, I think we see more of what we saw of, of him struggling in, in the middle part of the first half of the season. And I think these other the uh, these other cars are going to get faster as the season goes on. I think that that's yeah. just a guarantee of how it's going to work. Everybody's going to catch up to what Red Bull's doing as Red Bull transitions into next year's car and this car stops developing. They're going to slowly catch up to him. And it's not like everybody's been too far off uh, of Sergio. They've been far off of Max, but everybody's been right there with Sergio at times. And I don't know if he can if he can uh, keep his skill together, you know, keep his car on the road enough to keep second place. I don't know. I think. Fernando's right there, and Lewis has been great. Like Lewis in the last um, five races, you know yeah. he's all he's been right in fourth or third. 
you know, and there's yeah. a one eighth place finish in there, but he's either been third or fourth. He's right there the whole time. So I don't know. I think one of Fernando or Lewis takes that second place spot. Yeah, I think it's, I think it'll be a tight battle. I mean, it all comes down, I think, at the end of the day to Aston Martin and Mercedes making the right upgrades and Sergio not performing well. And we've seen the latter already. And so for these two other teams to make improvements, that can be done. Aston Martin is bringing upgrades for this weekend. They still have budget to keep developing this car for the rest of the season, which means they haven't blown all their money um, like some other teams already have on their car. Like Aston Martin still has a good runway of budget left to develop the car quite hard. And so, you know, Alonso obviously was on fire at the start of the season. And who's to say that that's not going to happen for this back half of the season? Same goes with Lewis Hamilton. He obviously was a difficult start for him and the team. But since Monaco, they brought those upgrades. Lewis has actually been performing uh, quite well. And, and they're not that far back from Sergio either. I mean, 40, 40 points, 41 points for the other. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at this, if Sergio Perez feels that pressure and if he begins to sort of those performances start to go backwards again. I I don't know Sergio's at that team next season, Jesse. <laughs> that's that's very interesting. Like that's the next step, right? It's it's we gave you the fastest car on the grid, the second fastest car if you count Max's as the fastest and you should finish second. And anything below second is a disappointment and we can't trust you to move forward. So uh, what's his contract situation? He's still under contract for next year. So they'd have to negotiate some sort of buyout to get him out of that deal. Oh, it'd have to be something, right? Because he's probably bringing sponsorship money with him as well at the same time. Um, so there would need to be something like that done. But then you have to look, okay, well, who do you replace him with? So that means that draws back to Daniel Ricardo, which we can get into later. But he would have to perform quite well and really, really blow the doors off of Yuki Tsunoda to have a chance of getting into that Red Bull racing seat. Um, yeah, I just, it's like you said, and I think you summed it up quite well. He is in the the, the fastest car on the grid. And if he's not winning the championship, he needs to be second. That's all there is to it. I mean, this car is probably one of the most dominant race cars, if not the dominant race car we have ever seen, ever. And, you know, watching racing since, you know, I was six years old. So it's it's a long time, Jesse. So, yeah, (laughs) no, I I don't know what they've done. Like the the magic of of the tire degradation, like that's kind of it's well, it's the DRS. And then the, 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 the tires don't dig. And then the downforce is incredible. Like everything about the car is magic. And then you yeah. add in that they consistently have the fastest pit stops. They, they yeah. never uh, screw up their stra- race strategy. It's, it's been a yeah. perfect team. And they're, they're undefeated so far this season for a reason. And if you have a driver who can't finish second with a perfect car and a perfect team around him, there's you got to ask the, the hard questions, you know, oh, yeah. can, can, if we gave him the, everything he needs and he can't do it, then what do we do moving forward? You know, what hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, so there still is quite a bit of racing uh, left to do. So there's a few things that I'm looking forward to for the rest of the season. Uh, my first one being, is uh, Red Bull Racing just Jesse running the table on this thing? Mm-hmm. It would be history. I mean, McLaren got close to winning every single race in a season back in 1988. 
So Red Bull would literally be, uh, you know, the only team to have done it if they can complete the season having won every single race uh, for this season here on out. And I want to see it. I've never, never seen it before. I want to see it, Jesse. Like I am yeah. now, like I am in on this storyline just simply because like the story of either way, if they do it, it that you never see anything like that again, probably. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> second of all, if they lose a race, the story from that is going to be incredible too. So either way, I'm all in on this one, buddy. <laughs> yeah. How can you not root for that at this point? You know, if the drivers' championship and the constructors are locked up, like it's it's over. So you might as well root for something, and we should all be rooting for seeing the greatest uh, racing season of all time. Like that's it'd be so exciting. Could you imagine the last race? You know, the excitement that's going into that, the amount of hype. Everybody's just tuning in oh, to see yeah. if they can actually do oh, it. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. it'd, it'd be unreal. And yeah, I'm rooting oh, for the same thing. Yeah, me too. I, I also outside that, I think like. I think for F1, I mean, obviously it probably hasn't been good for for ratings and stuff like that for this season. But again, you, know, you got to look at it this way, like 10 years from now, you're going to be like, we're going to look back, you know, and be like, that was pretty awesome what they were able to do because we've never seen anything like that before. I mean, right now it could be just like, eh, you know, I, I'm kind of bored of this and walk away from it, but not not for me. I'm too invested in this right now to to just turn and walk away but i think like that leads us into next season where i think for um for formula one i think there's an easy way of turning this into a positive right i mean obviously like red bull is going to be coming in as the, the favorite but these teams are going to make uh big strides in the winter time um yeah how do you how do you think f1 sort of spins this one yeah, I think you you got to celebrate what is happening. You know, it's historic. Yeah. You're going to watch the greatest car of all time is what, is what we're going to be watching. And yeah. F1 needs to hammer that home and, and make yeah. that point. You know, it has to be sort of a celebration of the history of the sport and not just, hey, everyone's kind of bored watching the season. And I know there's been there's been a lot of grumpy fans talking about that and I don't I don't really support it because you need a you need to be watching the history too. Every every race, every game, every match, whatever you're watching can't be a tight game, you know? There are blowouts and when you have a team that's this dominant, it's historic and it's it's magical yeah. to watch because you don't this doesn't happen. It has never happened. It's special. For uh some more records that Red Bull could actually break this season, uh there are a few. Uh Verstappen most consecutive wins. So that mm -hmm. that's coming up now so he can equal the record this weekend so vettel uh holds that record with nine straight wins so he set that in 2013 and verstappen can equal him with a win at his home grand prix um biggest championship winning margin so vettel holds that record too but verstappen could break it this season and i get my stats out here so 155 points that's what separated Vettel and Fernando Alonso back in 2013. Vettel obviously winning that championship, Alonso finishing second. Uh, Verstappen is currently, like he's getting close, Jesse, to that number. At the moment, it's 125 points uh, from Verstappen to Perez in second. And that could grow. Uh, he doesn't need he doesn't, he doesn't need many more points. I mean, he gets 25 no. points for a win, so... Yeah. And if Sergio, you know, Sergio has some bad performances, right? That thing's just going to keep ballooning. So I think uh, that could be a stat that. Uh, that seems like an that, easy one to break. 
Yeah, he could be on his way to doing that. Consecutive F1 podium scores. So Schumacher, Michael Schumacher holds the record with that. 19 consecutive podium finishes. Uh, Since last year's Abu Dhabi Grand Prix for Verstappen, um, he's been on the podium 13 races. So 13 races, he's been on the podium. Um, So he could break that record as well. And that's a... That's a record that stood for for quite a long time. Um, we think of Schumacher back at Ferrari, so that's very impressive. Uh, my second um, thing that I want to see, because I'd mentioned a few. So if Red Bull can't win all the races, Jesse, then I want to see Fernando Alonso capture his 33rd win. Yes. <laughs> that's it. it, it no, that'd be spectacular. Like I think all of Formula One would be behind that. I think all of Spain is like going through Alonso <laughs> mania at the moment. I mean, if you go back to the Miami Open when, uh, you know, tennis number one, world number one, Carlos Alcaraz wrote 33 question mark soon on the uh, camera lens. And that's referring to Alonso getting his 33rd win. And at mm-hmm. the time he wrote that, you know, Alonso was Alonso was crushing it um, at the beginning of the season. So I think. There's a lot of people who want that, especially in Spain, but I want to see it as well uh, because I think it's a good story. And yeah. I also, uh, I'm a Lorenzo fan too. So it's, yeah, it'd be cool. And I'd you like mentioned how how hot of a start Aston Martin was to start the season and the upgrades that they have. And the, all, everything they've been doing in the car has been spectacular to watch. Like you watch a team, you see a team go from kind of the midfield to, hey, now we're going to jump into this this area. We're going to try and compete with Ferrari and Mercedes and whatever. Whenever we can sneak in there and beat Red Bull, we're going to be in that competition. And it's been cool to see actually them invest in this team and see the results. That's been spectacular. Yeah. I think we're seeing those results yes. this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, Jesse. So uh, what are a few things you're looking forward to for the rest of the season? So we touched on it a little bit off the top, but the the drivers and like where they're shuffling is some of my favorite stuff at F1. And the, the only American driver on the grid right now, Logan Sargent, hasn't uh, registered a point all season long and uh alexander um esteban uh, no uh, sorry albon has been uh like one of my favorite drivers this season because of of the the leap he's taken from last year to this year i think albon's been spectacular and having sergeant in the other seat doing literally nothing and getting no points has been uh tough to watch and i wonder he's on a one-year contract it's his rookie season you're supposed to give them a little leeway when they're rookies but is he going to be back next year? Are we going to see Logan Sargent in F1 next season? Uh, you know, I I think if he can if he can pull together some consistent um finishes, like it's it's really tough. Like you you say it well with with Alex. I mean, the guy is he's absolutely incredible right now and he's driving the wheels off a car that's not that great. I think for for Logan, obviously his highest finish this season is 11th at the British Grand Prix, and I I do want to see more like from him. Like in Saudi Arabia, I thought his qualifying was um, pretty impressive until he had his his lap time deleted. That's a really difficult racetrack, uh, especially if you're a rookie in an F1 car. Rocketing around that racetrack is extremely difficult to to handle. But I think for for Logan in particular, if he's if he's able to stay consistent, 
if he's able to kind of close this lap delta that currently sits between himself and, and Alex, then I think like he could have a good shot at coming back. I mean, I know, you know, sitting down with James Valls when we were at the British Grand Prix, you know, he was very, um, he spoke very highly of Logan. He really believes in, in him. And it's funny, Jesse, if you go back to the time when James Valls was at Mercedes, part of his job was like evaluating younger talent. And one of the talents that came through their door to do some testing with the team in the simulator was Logan. And James passed on him, like passed on Logan. And now the two are working together where James is the team boss. Logan obviously is the driver. And you have to wonder like this, you know, you passed on this guy years ago and now all of a sudden he's driving your car and you're really backing him here. And I'm just like, okay, well, he must be doing something right. Like mm-hmm. Logan has to be doing what he's being told, obviously. But I think it's like I had said, that most important thing is that he closes that that delta down between him and Alex, which could be tough because mm-hmm. the next two races, he, he knows the tracks. But then once we get away from these next two races, those are tracks he's never he's never driven on. You know, the likes of like Singapore... Qatar, Japan, mm-hmm. like those are going to be, those are going to be tough tracks for him. Yeah, and you see how cutthroat that Red Bull was with Nick DeVries. You you wonder if that it, it goes to the other parts of the grid and other teams start looking at. Hey, there's a lot of great drivers out there right now. Like IndyCar is just filled with spectacular drivers. F2 is just loaded with great drivers. And yeah, can, should we just move on and try and try with somebody else? You know, who yeah. can get results a little quicker. Yeah, it's it's uh and I think like that's a good point too that you make you know, when we look at Williams' young driver program, like this is all kind of new for them. They've never really had a a very strong young drivers program that's been filled with some talent. And now they they have talent in that pipeline. Logan obviously being a part of that that pipeline at the same time, I think it's it's for Williams' best interest that he does well so they can justify their driver program. Mm. so be interesting and then uh my other storyline i was looking forward to uh for the second half of the season is another driver and his situation maybe moving up in the world or just finding a seat for next season is daniel ricardo the face of f1 in some ways you know the guy who's got one of the highest <laughs> profiles out of the mid-pack and the star of drive to survive um i i just well i want to see how he does in the alpha story if he can score points you know if he can get ahead of yuki um for the rest of the season we'll see how it goes and if he's an actual threat to replace sergio perez Mm, good one (laughs) i think like the thing that the is that yuki's driving really well right now and then obviously daniel's only been back in f1 for two races Mm -hmm. i think if we look at what daniel had done at the belgian grand prix if he had a hadn't have had his quality lap deleted i think he probably would have qualified yuki for that for that race and i think he he could have been close to scoring some points uh in that weekend and so i think for a driver like daniel he's it's like i'd mentioned earlier he really has to blow the doors off sonoda and i i like yuki i think he's a great talent i think he's a really good driver um i think daniel can beat him and i think he probably should even though you know, Yuki's got a three-point gap on him 
you know, right now. I still think that the Daniel can can minimize that and put in some good performances. But if again, there's so much moving to that. Hey, hey Jesse, like yeah. you need Sergio to do bad, and you need Daniel Ricardo to do really well for them to justify moving him up. Yeah, I think the most logical thing that happens here is he just comes back to AlphaTauri next year. You know, they re-up him, maybe another one-year deal, and he gets a full season there, and then you just see how that goes. And, like, I think that's where yeah. he'll be on the grid. Uh, what was the last thing I wanted to bring up? Oh, yeah. Okay, so if you guys didn't see it, Valtteri Bottas, uh, <laughs> did, you, did you see him dressed up as uh, Duffman? No, like Duffman from The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. okay, so so dude's in Colorado with his uh, girlfriend for most of the summer break, and he you know brought his bike. He's a huge cyclist, like I'd mentioned. You know, I've talked to to Valtteri offline about this a whole bunch of times about biking and where he likes to go, and uh, he he bikes all over the place. And you know, I bike a lot too, so we have a lot in common. So we chat a lot about that. But he he was in. Colorado and um, (laughs) he he entered this bike race and basically you have to wear a costume for it it's a big bike race and uh, he dressed up as Duffman and uh, I I didn't know like what the actual prize was of all of this but Valtteri says that the prize for the best costume was you win your weight in beer and I really wanted to win the prize obviously (laughs) It was mainly an American crowd, so I went for the Simpsons and Duffman. So I don't know if you've seen this yet, but it's awesome, man! Like it's so good. I, I gotta talk to the, I gotta talk to the uh, post production about putting a picture of it. Yeah, I know. We'll, we'll put it on the screen right now. I'm looking at it. I'm looking <laughs> at it awesome. on my computer, and he won. He won the competition. It says so. He yeah, he yeah. donated all of it to the people attending the the race and the spectators, the commentators, but. <laughs> He looks incredible. Like what a what a guy. He just seems like he has the most fun in life. You know? He's out there cycling as Duff Man. Beautiful. What a a legend though, right? Like starting the season, he's got the mullet. Just, you know, zero Fs. The guy's been honestly, he's been awesome, man. Like he's ever since he moved away from Mercedes, I feel that like Mm. Valtteri's he just seems so relaxed. He's just having so much fun. Mm-hmm. And like I think it's it's great. <laughs> so good, dude. Duff yeah. man. And then he did like a hundred mile bike race after that. So he could he could easily <laughs> be a professional cycler, right? Like yes, he could compete he on in any any profession in cycling in the world, right? In any yeah. league. Do they have cycling leagues? Any race, I guess? Well, yeah, uh, they got the Tour de France and they got the Volta, they've got uh, you know. Oh my god, man! There's so many bike races. Yeah. Like the big one, obviously, is the tour, right? But right. for for Valtteri, like he's in almost as good a shape as some of those, you know, riders that are at the back. Like he's mm-hmm. he's extremely fit. Uh, cycling shape is incredible, but yeah, he's just like a he's a friggin' content machine right now. He's <laughs> awesome, dude. Content <laughs> absolutely love it. <laughs> absolutely love it. His Instagram's great too. Like it's a oh, great yeah. follow. Um, Anything else I want to talk about? Uh, I guess that's pretty much everything. I mean, Anthony Joshua was in the paddock today at, at the Dutch Grand Prix, getting everybody ready, uh, getting everybody in fighting shape for uh, for the race this weekend. Hopefully, it's a good one. Um, if you guys have any questions throughout the race weekend, uh, hit me up on Twitter. 
or I guess X or whatever the hell they're calling it now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, st- send me a DM or uh, hit me up on Twitter asking questions and I'll get it into the debrief on Sunday. Um, Jesse, I guess you guys have a big podcast uh, later on today. Yeah, yeah. We have an emergency uh, Austin <laughs> Matthews signed contract podcast coming out. Uh, if, if there are any hockey fans listening to to this podcast right now, search up the Steve Dangle podcast and you'll get that when this one's out already. And and Tim, are we allowed to talk about where you'll be in, in the oh, back yeah. half of this F1 season? Yeah, good. Yeah, so we're going to be traveling to uh, SDPN myself. We're going to be going to some more races this 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 year we're going to go to the u.s grand prix uh in coda we're going to mexico and we are also going to vegas as well so we'll have some content coming out uh from there same with tsn as well we'll be doing some work for them while i'm at these races at the same time so uh really looking forward to covering these events this will be the i guess the most amount of f1 races i've been able to to get to which is which is great it's been uh it's been a lot of fun. We have some big interviews coming as well, um, taping one later today. And then uh, we've got two other big ones that uh, we're working on at this time as well for the podcast. So that should be a lot of fun. So looking forward to it. Uh, Jesse, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the uh, the emergency pod <laughs> later today. I saw Steve's uh, TikTok yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> And where he's just he's just <laughs> screaming, <laughs> like that's what he does best, you know, just just really loud noises. <laughs> oh my god, man! I had to send it to my girlfriend, and I'm like, this guy's awesome. Like, I mean, you're gonna see this. Like, every- <laughs> like we actually sit down and watch LFR now, just because it's like so oh, yeah. entertaining, dude. Like, yeah, no, it's, guy is- it's the crown jewel of, of oh, YouTube man. content. It's awesome. Talk about another content machine. Holy cow. Uh, Jesse, thanks again, man. Let everybody know where they can find you on social media. And yeah, what else you got going on outside of the SDP? Uh, Yeah, so I got uh, my own podcast on on the side, Jesse Blake Sports Report. New episode comes out tomorrow morning. Search at that. There's going to be Austin Matthews talk on that as well. But uh, I do all sports. So we talk about basketball, baseball, uh, football sometimes. So yeah, check that out. And uh, follow Tim. Follow at Tim Rainey for every race weekend because he is the best follow throughout race weekend for like news updates or to like if there's something controversial that happens, you always have like, hey, this is what the FIA is saying about this. So he's a great follow through race weekend and also a great content machine. So follow Tim Rainey. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. I appreciate it. And uh, make sure to give Nailing the Apex a listen or a watch. We're on YouTube. You can see us there. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Please head over to either platform. Give us a five-star rating, uh, a follow, subscribe, write a review if you could. It helps us grow the show. And yeah, like you said, Jess, Jesse said that uh, you can follow me on social media at Tim Marini. Jesse, thanks again, man. Really appreciate you taking the time. Everybody, enjoy the race weekend. Dutch Grand Prix.